Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of SVN on the Go. We're back from annual conference in beautiful Miami, and we're ready to hit the ground running. I'm Julian Banuelos. And I'm Garrick Weir. Thank you for joining us for this episode of SVN on the Go, a bi-weekly podcast for commercial real estate professionals and leveraging the power of SVN's unique platform. Today, we're sitting down with our newly crowned Rookie of the Year, Brian McCann, out of SVN Three Rivers Commercial Advisors in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Brian combines his MBA with his unique background as an attorney and an FBI agent to gather information, analyze financials, and negotiate deals. As an investor himself, Brian's legal experience, knowledge of the Pittsburgh market, and ability to conduct complex financial analysis allows him to guide his clients on all investment matters. Brian spent 11 years with the FBI and applies the motto of fidelity, bravery, and integrity to the customer service he provides to those he represents. Thanks for joining us today, Brian. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, just kind of starting off, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background. So I would say that I probably have one of the uh, more um, oblique entries into uh, the world of commercial real estate. Um, long and short of the story is um, when I was, uh, I was like most four-year-olds that who knew exactly what they wanted to do with their entire life. Um, and I wanted to get into cyber patent law. Um, and so I, uh, I went in, um, obviously after high school, went to for computer science undergrad, um, at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh and, and then went on to law school. And I quickly realized that, uh, when I got into cyber patent law, um, that it probably wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I apologize to any other, uh, cyber patent attorneys that, that are out there, but, um, kind of learned that it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, got into yeah. my second year of, uh, law school actually and um i was actually a volunteer firefighter at the time and a group of us used to get together um you know on saturdays just for for uh for breakfast and uh, i was talking kind of complaining that you know i had this great plan and now i didn't know what i wanted to do with my life and um one of the uh one of the volunteers was actually an fbi agent and he uh you know he kind of grabbed me under his arm and said here i know what you're going to do for the rest of your life he's like you're going to join the fbi and so uh, long and short of the story, um, you know, after about a year long application process, I actually graduated law school. Um, the week after I graduated, I got a phone call uh, to report down to Quantico. And uh, for the first uh, 11 years of my professional career, I was an FBI agent doing counterterrorism and counterintelligence. Um, so during that time frame, um, you know, toward uh, the last few years of that, um, I started getting into investing uh, in commercial real estate myself. Um, I was buying, you know, at, at first it was just how many people kind of get into it. As I was moving around with the FBI, I would hold on to houses that I own and rented them out. And then um, finally I was up in New York and I started making some a little bit larger purchases down in Greenville, South Carolina um, with a group. And then eventually uh, being from Pittsburgh and seeing the renaissance that was happening back here in the Steel City, um, wanted to move some of that capital um, back into the city. Um, and so we started investing in Pittsburgh, and uh, I was actually buying from SVN um, and was really impressed with the culture that SVN had and the individuals in the Pittsburgh office. Um, and at some point kind of in my federal career, I kind of learned that I don't think I was going to learn, or I shouldn't say that, but, uh, I, you know, in that way, but I kind of felt like the opportunities to learn were greater on the outside. And I wanted to take a chance of going outside the government into the private sector um, while I was still young enough to kind of be able to make that transition and to have a second career. Um, so about a year and a half ago is when I decided to make that transition. Um, SVN offered me a home back here in Pittsburgh, 
and I took it, and that's kind of how I got into uh, commercial real estate. So it was a little bit of a different path than a lot of people take. That has to be the most unique background we, at least me personally, that I've ever heard. That's incredible. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, I've had had a lot of people help me along the way, and uh, you know, it's just it's been great to kind of kind of work with them. And I've been lucky and fortunate enough. Um, a lot of luck came in. Uh, you know, especially SVN kind of, and they've always had a good place in my heart for taking a chance on me because I didn't come from a background of commercial real estate experience. Um, so besides just a little bit of the investing, so um, but it's been a lot of fun. Right. This is um. This question wasn't on the ones we sent over before, but I'm just curious. Uh, do you find that anything that you kind of learned or honed, any skills that you honed in the FBI, translate over to commercial real estate? Absolutely. I mean, I I think the number one thing, you know, the number one, you know, in the FBI, the number one thing that we did, the thing that we were really good at, was talking to people. Um, that's make, talking to people, being able to make assessments, sometimes with limited information, um, knowing when to dig in to get a little bit more information. And really, there's a high correlation um, to commercial real estate. Um, the re thing I love about commercial real estate, um, you know, is still it's still very much a relationship business. Um, you know, if you look in the world of real estate in general, residential is moving very quickly to technology and the technology disruptors. Um, and commercial is facing some of that as well. But the interesting fact is, is that commercial clients tend to be repeat clients multiple times a year, um, as opposed to on the residential side. So the relationship, um, you know, just I do not believe will be taken out of commercial real estate for many years to come. And that really was the bread and butter of what we did um, in the FBI, whether you talk about um, just meeting people, talking with you know, potential subjects or uh, suspects, potential victims, um, you know, human sources that we used to work with. All of that had a high degree and a high correlation from just being able to sit down across the table to gain trust and confidence um, and to, to be able to get information and be able to use that information in a productive way. So I think there's a high degree of overlap where most people would um, otherwise think that there would not be. And then there's the analytical approach, um, obviously, as well. We did a high degree of analytics um, on a lot of the information we used to work with in the bureau through multiple different things, um, and you know that that actually correlates over to be able to sit down and do run you know analysis not only of your marketplace but on finances um, and kind of be able to be there. So there's a lot more overlap than I think people uh, realize. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned earlier that you just came into kind of the commercial real estate world full time about a year and a half ago. What did you do to land your first deal? So really, it was it was relationship. I mean, I think this goes, um, you know, to to a lot of uh, you know um, of the ways that I think you approach it, and that's just getting out in the marketplace. So um, you know, Solomon will probably beat me up for saying this, but you know, I, I probably didn't go the traditional route of um, you know building a database and just prospecting through calls. My first deals um, became through relationships, um, just being out involved in the community. Um, I always use this like this was a piece of advice that was given to me, and I use this a piece of advice for everybody else. Is when someone asks you how your day is going, we usually always respond with fine or good or good. How's your day going? And one of the things that it's a very easy piece of advice to kind of turn that on its head is 
tell people what you're looking for. I was just like, you know, I'm having a great day. My day would be even be better is if I knew somebody who owned that building. I'm actually trying to talk to the property owner about that. And I believe one of my first deals came from that. I was actually talking um, with a group of individuals that owned some property that I had actually bought some neighboring properties when I was investing and just said, I'm looking for the owner of that property. And they said, oh, I know who that is. Let me make an introduction for you. And just sat down, had a conversation, talked about what we were doing and where we're going. And that's kind of how the first deals um, came, came to be. So how do you specialize in your market, um, which is Pittsburgh? Um, is it by region, by product type? And more specifically, when you're buying properties, did you kind of stick to what you knew or did you make a pivot when you uh, decided to go into CRE full time? So um, I, I started, I, I guess, to, to take the last question first. Um, I started with multifamily um, just because that's what I knew. Um, I knew places I lived in. And I think a lot of investors kind of start there. And we're seeing that, I guess, across the asset class across the U.S. is when you see new investors, they usually tend to gravitate toward multifamily first um, because they everybody's lived someplace. Many people have rented an apartment. So it's something that they can they can wrap their head around. Um, so I started there and I also started there um, on the brokerage side as well. And I specialized in multifamily. Pittsburgh's an interesting market in a sense that um, you have a lot of owners who have owned buildings here or, or owned assets for 30, 40 years and sometimes multi-generations. And so what I learned is um, I, I take a very much of a relationship first approach to brokerage. And in that, um, it's kind of had me by de it like kind of pulled me into being a generalist a little bit more than probably I would have liked in a sense. I started off selling to multifamily. Well, the same individual has some raw land over here and they have an office building down here and they've got an industrial building down here. And that happens a lot um, in this market. So that being said, we've been trying to refocus and we're spending the last part of last year and the beginning part of this year. We still do multifamily because we've actually built up a pretty good database of multifamily owners and multifamily buyers. Um, so there's still a lot of business to be had there. But the team we're building out right now is primarily focused on office. Um, and it's not by re uh, geographical region, um, just because the, the MSA of Pittsburgh is not overly large it's, um, for, for, you know, for the city. So we are kind of focusing on multifamily and office. Um, and that on the office side, what we've done is we've actually incorporated a leasing team right along with the investment sales team um, because we found that that was the best way to gain entry. We didn't have a leasing team in the uh, Pittsburgh SVN office, so that was actually boxing us out a lot on the investment sales because they had the relationships with other brokerages that were doing the leasing, and if they were doing a good job when it came time for a sale, that same brokerage would get the, the uh, opportunity for the sale, and they had the inside track. So we're trying to actually take that same model as actually building that, that leasing team out so that we're gaining that trust and confidence of the ownership group, working very hard with them so that we actually have the inside track too uh, when it comes to for, for time for sale of that asset. Yeah, definitely. And you talked about working with the leasing team, doing multifamily and office with kind of everything going on in your life. How do you prioritize certain tasks and stay organized to make sure that your business kind of stays fluent? So that's always the, I think the biggest challenge. Um, you know, we sit down um, once a week, our team, um, and we, we look through it. Um, you know, we obviously use, uh, we use, um, Apto as our, uh, CRM system. 
Um, and then we obviously we maintain a detailed pipeline track of everything that we have going on. Um, but honestly, every week we sit there and we look and we actually ask ourselves, how do we become more efficient? As we're running fast, it's very easy uh, for tasks to get missed. Um, I'd rather have that, that problem. I'd rather be running so fast that, you know, that we're always constantly asking, how do we become more efficient that we don't that we don't miss something than having the other problem is having so much time on our hands that we don't, um, you know, that we don't have enough work to keep ourselves busy. Um, so it's still an ongoing challenge. We're always looking for ways to refine our business, to be more productive, um, you know, to leverage resources. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, we've looked at it and we just said, hey, we've got too much work here. It's time to bring on another team member um, to kind of help out with that. So one of the big ways that we're looking at it is really to, to go at scale. Um, we know that we can't scale alone, so we always look for good team members to potentially add to our team to make sure that the client is getting the top level of the service and that we can continue to move things forward and continue to grow. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. And sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna add something in here too, Garrick. You talked about sometimes adding a new member to your team. When you guys do that, is it kind of a group decision of something that you're looking for specifically, or if one of you needs some help, do you guys do it that way, or is it just a team decision on on who you bring on? It's definitely a team decision. Um, so we look at it. I mean, when I first started out, um, the good thing is, is I, you know, just being out in the community, talking with people. I love to be out and, you know, as they say, getting to belly to belly. But we needed to make sure that we start, the first thing that we needed to do is make sure that we had a good pipeline that we were hitting our prospecting numbers. So the very first team member that I added was someone who was extremely personable, extremely good on the phones, and we kind of added that in. And then ever since then, it's always been a team decision um, where we added uh, our next individual in who is really good with on that tenant rep side um, and working with tenants and working on the lease side. And that was a team decision to add them. And then adding the next layer of somebody that's gonna is helping with the administrative um, day to day, making sure that we're all staying on task and making sure that um, all the balls that are being juggled in the air don't get dropped. And if they are dropped, to get picked up as quick as possible. But those are always team decisions. Um, we try to approach everything as a team um, and moving things forward and empowering people as much as possible kind of make those decisions um, and know that they have equal input and say on that team as we move things forward. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Brian. So in your mind, what differentiates SVN from the competition? And I guess you could answer, you're quite unique where you can answer it in two ways because you were a client and now you're a team member. So I guess you could take it from either side um, or both. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, you know, we preach it. It's our number one value. Um, you know, we create a, a amazing value through collaboration. Uh, and that's it. Um, the ability to sit down and pretty much work with any, everyone um, and to get creative. I think that's the answer. It, it, you know, it's not just collaboration. We always talk about with the rest of the brokerage community. But I can't tell you the number of deals that we were able to put together because we're able to sit down and work outside the box. Um, you know, I've been on numerous calls with, you know, clients, attorneys or clients, accountants or clients, financial advisors. Um, and it's kind of getting outside that normal realm. Um, there's, a, you know, the transfer tax in, in Pittsburgh um, is, is pretty difficult and challenging to work with. Um, this year, it's 5% on a transaction. Um, uh, just for selling a property, just the tax on selling the property is 5%, which is split equally um, between the buyer and the seller. 
that's challenging for many deals and many large deals where you have that act, that additional outlay of capital. Um, we worked with attorneys. Um, we worked with the city. We worked with different individuals and in kind of coming up with unique strategies to kind of minimize that burden um, and different strategies that we can employ. And I think if it wasn't for that SVN culture of, hey, be willing to pick up the phone, be willing to work with everyone, not just your client, but with everyone who's in the, in the potential community and come up with solutions, um, you know, and come up with different ways that things can be structured. Those deals would not have happened. And I think that's where we bring value um, to, to our clients and, and to the entire communities we live in. And I think that's the, the key is not just only bringing value just to, to get a deal done, but also providing value to everyone that's around us and people really look at us as a resource um, and for ways to think outside the box and move things forward. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And we know, and for those of you that attended the SVN annual conference in Miami, we know that you won the highly coveted Rookie of the Year Award, had a great year, and you've been doing everything kind of the SVN way and the right way. So looking ahead to next year, what are you most excited for personally? Uh, I, th I think in the next year, it's, it's honestly just cont continuing to grow. And, um, you know, one of the things I used to do a lot in, in my prior life was actually teaching and training. And um, the Pittsburgh office is expanding, and it's great to be able to help um, others and, and kind of mentor others. Um, I know a few people have reached out after the conference, which, uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough, um, you know, had a good year. You know, some of it might have been through skill, but I think most of the stuff of it was probably pure dumb luck. Um, and some people have reached out and, and you know, wanted to chat and kind of just talk about, the, the, you know, my first year in the business. And I'm happy to do so. I think that's one of the great things is if, you know, you're able to get lucky enough to have a little bit of success, especially in the beginning, is to be able to share that back. So I'm excited to continue to work for, um, with my team, um, with the Pittsburgh office, and, and, and honestly with all of SVN um, as we move forward. If there's any way that I can help or contribute, I think that's, that's some of the biggest, um, the value is being able to give back. And then obviously we hope to continue to grow um, our practice. Um, over the next year as well. You've already, you know, spilled so much knowledge and, you know, nuggets of advice that advisors could take and implement today in their business. But um, wrapping up here, do you have any final words of advice for someone who's just getting started in the business? Yeah, I, I think, and this is kind of, uh, it's probably becoming cliche now, but it's take action. Um, it's very easy to come up with an excuse um, of why something can't get done. And I think it goes back to the, what we were saying about the SVN culture. It's always easy to blame. Hey, that can't happen because of X. I can't make prospecting calls because I don't have a database. I can't make a database because of X. I can't go out and meet people. But it's interesting is that I find that the people that are successful, they do in spite. Um, so if there's a problem, they actually just look at it as a challenge to overcome and they go out there and they'll do whatever they can to break down that problem and succeed in spite of that problem. And they actually get a little bit more energy from it. Um, you know, a deal seems to fall apart. Um, do you go the extra mile to, to see if you can kind of save the deal and put it back together? But I think the biggest thing is just take action. Um, you know, it, much of the chagrin of others, you know, some people say, oh, you can't call that person yet because you don't have enough experience. Well, why? Um, you know, take the action. Take the call, you know, make the call that maybe you're a little nervous too or that you shouldn't because they're a big player. Um, you know, make, you know, just reach out there. Put yourself outside of your comfort zone um, and kind of like, uh, you know, just go for that stretch play. I think that's the biggest thing is those are, tend to be, I mean, in all walks of life, the people that I've seen that have been most successful have been the people that have been willing to do it. 
Um, I think there was a TED talk one time that said, you know, they want to change the term fake it till you make it to fake it till you become it. So even if you don't have the experience, just keep keep moving, keep moving things forward, and you'll eventually get the experiences if you just keep going with that, that attitude of moving things forward. Well, I really like that. So for those of you out there, don't get complacent, don't be nervous, just do it. We just have to trademark that for Nike and we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Well, well put, well put. <laughs> Take we'll say take action, not just do it. <laughs> well, Brian, thanks again for taking the time out of your busy schedule just to record with us today. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for listening to this episode of SVN On The Go. Join us Tuesday, April 9th for our next episode. You stay classy, SVN. <laughs>